Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast. On this week's show, Jeff Goldblum is getting wicked. A surprising fast food sequel might be on the way. We break down the latest news on two upcoming Disney Plus MCU series. Gerard Butler's next movie looks just plain awful. Santa Claus just isn't ready to retire. Oh, ho, ho, ho. And we find out what happens when fairy tale characters don't get to live happily ever after. So join us as we discuss all this and everything else that happened this week in Geek. Welcome to Geek Centric, home of the Geek Centric podcast. My name is Kev, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geek Centric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys and collectibles, gaming, and all things geek centric. We're back with another edition of This Week in Geek, where we look at all the latest news and trailers from the Geekiverse. Of course, I can't do this alone. Joining me on the show, they carve up the news like a pumpkin and give trailer opinions nice and mean. The only thing I like more than them is the fun of Halloween. I love hosting This Week in Geek with them. It's always like a party. Candy is fun in bite-sized Halloween form. And my absolute favorite is Smarties. Darcy, Nate, how are we this evening? Oh, my gosh. Kevin, I mean, when you came on the... Obviously, we're an audio platform, so people can't see your face right now. But when you came in, I was like, I did that noise. (laughs) Uh, And then I was just like, who's that ho-ho-ho looking at me back here, looking beautiful, all all cleaned up. Very uh, very Tim Allen of you right now, of the the Santa Claus's variety. You're looking well, you know, unfortunately, nice and clean. Uh, unfortunately, my beard won't grow back as fast as his does in those movies, but I really, <laughs> really wish it would. Um, but yes, we are recording this uh, the night after Halloween, which uh, for anybody who listens to the show is a pretty big deal around the mm-hmm. Hudson household um we uh we do uh, we spend the whole night before halloween carving up pumpkins for our annual pumpkin wars competition between my wife and i uh and so i'm i'm happy to announce that after three straight heartbreaking losses uh i finally recaptured the crown i'm finally the pumpkin king uh i won with a uh, a trio of witches in the form of the sanderson sisters um which kind of works out well because that's what my wife and daughter and I all dressed up as this year, hence shaving my face because my rule for geek-centric, uh, when, especially when we were recording uh, fun boxings and, and everything, every once in a while I'd have to shave the beard to get into character uh, and my, my, my motto was always commit to the bit. So there was no way I was dressing up as Kathy and Jimmy, uh, the, uh, Mary, uh, with, a, with a full beard on. Um, but uh, So that's been uh, a lot of fun getting used to over the last 24 hours or so, especially for my, my little daughter who doesn't seem to recognize her dad without his scruff uh, right now, which is, which is fun and sad all at the same time. I will say I didn't vote for you. I'm so sorry, Kevin. Uh, I voted for Mars Attacks. Uh, the, the intricacy in the brain work on that pumpkin, I was so blown away by, but then I think Alien uh, was a, a close second, or Predator. Predator was a close second uh, where I was just like, okay, yeah, that's that. I was deciding between those two. Uh, yeah, Sarah and, I, Sarah and I had a feeling it was going to be, be either between uh, the Sanderson sisters, just because it was a bigger carve and, you know, people love those characters, or the awesome work she did on Mars Attacks, because uh, as soon as I saw 
her starting on that one, I was like, oh, this is this is gonna beat me. This is this is your ticket to four straight wins. So, and I mean, it was it was pretty close. It was it was pretty darn close. Um, although I'd like I, I I'm happy to announce that out of nearly a hundred votes, my pumpkins got well over fifty percent of those votes. So, uh, <laughs> I I reigned supreme this year. I I had a good run. Um, and I, we've been saying this for years now, but uh, we do we're, we're we're striving to maybe going into next year's competition, learning a bit of the. Uh, uh, what do they call it, Dars? The the shaving, the, the shading uh, and, and shading techniques they do, where you don't wow. cut all the way through, but you let the light pass through the the flesh of the pumpkin. I don't know. It's fancy stuff. I, I'm, I'm going to look Advanced. up some YouTube tutorials. Where we we got to elevate it uh, at some point, you know, because just like with our our outdoor decor, uh, holy moly. Uh, I thought years past was a lot of work to set up and tear down, but this year was uh, <laughs> quite quite the process. We're up to eight animatronics, um, you know, twenty five tombstones in our little graveyard. We've got two fog machines going. We've got Jeez. a strobe light. You know, it's quite something. Darcy got to witness it firsthand this year. Yeah, and I think the best part of your whole setup thing is that you have a hay guy for your Halloween setup, just so you can hide and create a little walkway for your haunted driveway. It's uh, having never been big into Halloween myself. Uh, I can honestly say that I would be skipping your house as a child trick or treating. I'd be like, you know what? I don't need that candy bar. I'll go to another house and be fine. Get one there. <laughs> we definitely, we definitely saw a few of those kiddos down at by the bottom of the driveway. Uh, our friends Eric and uh, Leanne stopped by with their two kiddos. Uh, before they went out trick or treating, and uh, poor little Maeve, their three-year-old daughter, was just in tears, crying as all these <laughs> animatronics are shooting at her and moving around. So, uh, but that's why we do it. We do it for the tears and the and the cries and the the screams and the laughs. Um, the neighborhood was really uh, quite excited to see the big setup and everything. So that was a lot of fun, and we've already got many plans underway uh, for for making it bigger and better next year. Uh, but before we jump into the news, I just wanted to ask at the top of the show, I said, my favorite uh, Halloween candy is a little fun-sized box of Smarties. I just mm. love Smarties. Those are those are maybe, for any listeners outside of Canada, they're like M&Ms, only like 10 times better. Uh, but so, guys, we, we don't trick-or-treat much anymore at our age, but uh, when you were out there, what was something you loved seeing get dropped into the old pillowcase? Now... Uh, funny or not, you mentioned how uh, the Americans know Smarties as the rockets up here. And I got to say, everyone complains about getting those chalky little white discs, but I eat them up so fast. There's something <laughs> about rockets that just hit, hits right no matter what time of day. You ever snort them, Darcy? Uh, no. No? Okay. Who You're missing out. Your You're missing not out. your nose. I, I, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I think for myself... I it's a toss up. Obviously, Reese's cups are just a, such a delight. The little orange cups to see. But I think if I had to go with it, I'd go with bite sized Snickers. Uh, I think they are or or whole size Snickers. You know, sometimes you go to the, the rich neighborhoods and you get the full chocolate bars and it's absolutely incredible. Well, so that's what that's what we did this year. We handed out full size chocolate bars uh, to go. everyone. So uh, we we ended up purchasing 144 um, and uh, gave out almost uh, a bit, right around a hundred of them this year. So that is by far our biggest turnout. And uh, I will say that the most popular choices amongst the kiddos, Arrow, mm. which I've never liked, so Whoa. I was surprised hey, by good that. Good Arrow bar is awesome. I know. Yeah. I would never. It's got, never done it for me. Um, you got to let it. Nobody in your likes mouth. O Henry's. 
We've got about what? 25 O. Henry's left. Yeah, it's nuts. That's a shame. Well, literally, it's nuts. Um, and caramel <laughs> and chocolate. And it's delicious. You're missing out, children. Um, but I, I got to say, like, if I was one of those kids walking through all those animatronics and I get to the front and I get a little tiny little half mini mini chocolate bar or whatever i'd be like yeah these people spent all their money on these animatronics they're not they're not going to hand out so the <laughs> fact that you you doubled down and you handed out the full chocolate bars kudos to you um i gotta visit next time <laughs> yeah no absolutely we, we always love people stopping by and we figured that's what we were telling the kiddos hey you made it all this way congrats here's your full-size chocolate bar because we even had a little scarecrow that sits yeah. at the front door with a bowl <sighs> And you, yeah. you, the kids would stick their hands in, and then all of a sudden no. he shoots up and screams no. at them. And so it's <laughs> no, you've earned your full size chocolate bar. Way to go! That's uh, awesome. Good on you. Uh, but that was a lot of fun. But uh, enough about Halloween. We're moving on mm. into November. Uh, it's going to be a big time for Marvel, which uh, we'll discuss yeah. a little bit here. Um, but yeah, I think it's time to just jump right into the news. It's all about the details. Alrighty, our first story comes from Mark Malkin at Variety. Jeff Goldblum is in final talks to join the Wicked movies as The Wizard. Jeff Goldblum is following the yellow brick road. I'm really mad because that was the line I was going to use in my intro, but the article <laughs> stole it, and I didn't want didn't to take the guy's work. Uh, the actor is in final talks to play The Wizard in John M. Chu's upcoming Wicked movies, Variety has learned exclusively. The latest casting news comes just over a month after Variety first reported that Fierro will be played by Bridgerton star Jonathan Bailey. Chu's two-part feature adaptation is headlined by Ariana Grande as Glinda and Cynthia Arrivo as Alfalba. The Universal Pictures films are set for release on Christmas in 2024 and 2025. Wicked is a prequel to The Wizard of Oz, telling the story of how Alfalba became the Wicked Witch of the West and Glinda the Good Witch. Uh, in a quote, we decided to give ourselves a bigger canvas and make not just one Wicked movie, but two, Chu wrote in a statement when the studio announced the adaptation would come in two parts. With more space, we can tell the story of Wicked as it was meant to be told while bringing even more depth and surprise to the journeys for these beloved characters. So, now that we know the project will take place over two movies and the cast is starting to round out, uh, are we excited for this stage-to-screen adaptation? Has anybody seen the stage play? Yeah, I actually, uh, I've seen it a couple times. I, I think it's a really great idea to actually split this up into two movies. I think there's a lot of... Um, a lot of people out there that would probably look at this and go like, yeah, they just want more, more money, more movies. Uh, why are they stretching it out? But I think with the way that the story goes, if you've ever you know, seen Wicked before, it really does work well in a two act structure. So for them to kind of give us all the setup and then give us sort of the follow through with the with the second movie, um, I think it'll be good. I think the only thing that that is possibly a, a bit worrisome is if there's going to be enough for general audiences who haven't seen the original uh you know musical to to understand why they're stopping halfway in the middle um if there's going to be enough in that sort of halfway point but we'll have to wait and see how they sort of change things around i'm i'm just stoked for jeff goldblum more jeff goldblum in, in literally anything and everything and i think him as the wizard uh is such a good call i'm, I'm really stoked for it I, again, also have seen the, the stage show a few times, and I totally agree with you. Breaking it up in two parts kind of follows the the arc of the story from the stage play where it stops for Act 1 into Act 2 type thing. So I love that, and I love the Jeff Goldblum casting. He's so charismatic, and we've seen what he can do with these you know quirky characters. And The Wizard of Oz, I think, is up there in terms of quirky. I mean, 
creating this whole facade of, of the city and, and seeing the reason behind it all. It's going to be really fun to explore that with his character. And, you know, everyone else in the movie seems so, so far seems really solid. And I can't wait to see the story again. I mean, especially after, you know, seeing her sing in Pinocchio with Cynthia Erivo as mm-hmm. uh, she's playing Alphaba. Is that correct in this? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm so much more excited after seeing that mm-hmm. uh, that musical number, even as brief as it was in that movie. And for, you know, say what you will about that movie. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm really excited to see her in this and just to see. I mean, frick, Ariana Grande as the Good Witch is just so perfect. So they're knocking it out of the park with the casting on this. Um, I, I I think, honestly, let's get to a trailer. Let's uh, let's get into a, into a trailer time at some point and uh, we'll see. Hopefully. Hopefully they can pull it off. I mean, with with the movie, the first of two movies not coming out till uh, Christmas 2024, we might have to wait just a little longer. But uh, I do agree that uh, certain casting here is just so perfect and definitely has me, who we all know, uh, you know, not the biggest musical fan. He hates uh, you know. musicals. <laughs> I, I hate a strong word, uh, but I might save it for things like musicals. Uh, yeah. um, but no, I do think the casting, especially like you said, Nate Ariana Grande, I just think is a young Glinda is so perfect. She's got just the perfect mousy voice and and positive cheery attitude that I think she's going to be fantastic in that role. Now that's of course I know nothing about the play as I haven't seen it, so I've got lots of. Exciting surprises uh, ahead, I believe, uh, with this movie when it finally does come our way. Now, speaking of surprises, our next story comes from Ryan O'Rourke at Collider. Uh, Here's a sequel I never thought I'd see (laughs) as 25 years later, we might be returning to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Uh, Nearly 25 years after the release of Cal Mitchell and Kenan Thompson's iconic 90s comedy, Good Burger... My, iconic might be a strong word there. It's iconic. <laughs> we, Don't you dare. <laughs> okay, fine. Fair enough. I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. Uh, we may be returning to the home of the Good Burger. The original Good Burger was the culmination of Thompson and Mitchell's height at Nickelodeon after they became standouts on the hit series All That, where the Good Burger skit originate, uh, originated, and they later earned their own mega popular series in Keenan and Kel. Good Burger was the next logical step forward, bringing their comedy to the big screen in all its wacky glory. The duo has been hinting at a potential return to Good Burger for some time, even joining forces for a bit on The Tonight Show based on the film back in 2015. Since then, uh, they've time and again reiterated their interest in reviving the film in some capacity, whether that be as a series or as a sequel film. During a recent interview with Entertainment Tonight, Thompson shocked everyone saying that the script was ready for a Good Burger 2 and that the sequel is much closer than anyone could have imagined. Now, Cal Mitchell brought the receipts, doubling down on the news with a new Instagram video showing off the script in a massive tease for the Legacy sequel. Man, they're throwing around a lot of strong words in this article. (laughs) Uh, Now we're cooking. Table read went really good. Good vibes, good laughs, good burgers, Mitchell's post reads, showing just how far along the project is. On Sunday, Thompson spoke about the work that's been going on behind the scenes to get the film done, telling E.T. we're getting really close on Good Burger 2. It's going to happen, and I think it's going to happen soon. We're going to figure out when the pocket of time will be to shoot, but I think it's going to happen. It's closer than ever. Uh, so, guys, uh, I mean, I, I I really enjoyed the movie as a kid, um, but this sequel does surprise me just a little. Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, I'm a dude. He's a dude. She's a dude because we're all dudes. Um, <laughs> dude, I'm <laughs> honestly... It's funny because, like, literally just before we started recording, Darcy and I are talking about this, and I'm like, 
Are we looking at this through some like, you know, mustard tinted glasses, ketchup stained glasses right now where we're just like, that movie was so good. But then if we were to go back and watch it right now, like it's probably not that good. Um, I don't know, man. I think it's it's really exciting. I think it's really cool. It, it, these are the this this is a movie that sort of gave these two people their careers. Um and, you know, I don't know really what Kel Mitchell has been up to so much, but obviously Keenan Thompson uh, with his run on SNL and just kind of coming off of of, of this movie from uh, all that. Like, it's, it, I don't know, man. It, there's just something about that whole nostalgia play that I really hope they, they have a lot of fun with. Um, I, I think my only hope for this movie is um, that it's a one-and-done that it's a it's a celebration of of all things that we remember. Uh, I don't want it to become like the Good Burger cinematic universe. I don't <laughs> want it to spin off into a series. Um, just give us a really great celebration of what we enjoyed uh, as kids and a little bit of a reminder as well. Um, and I also don't want it to be like a a Force Awakens that I know a lot of these reboots can be where it's like we're handing off the Good Burger to a new duo, like a new you know bringing in two younger actors. I don't. I don't want that at all. Just give me my my Keenan and Kel, uh, and let's have a good fun time for like an hour and a half. Yeah, I mean, I like you said, I enjoyed it when I was a kid, and that was probably the only time I've watched it because I don't remember much of it. So again, I don't know how good that first movie was, but there's a lot of hope with these these reboots or returns to these old franchises that they can. There's potential to show what you know getting older is like, and with the generation. Like that's what we are all focusing on now. Having that brought to light in a, in a, humor, a humorous way with these two characters, I think, is a great, a great time for this to come back. And if they go that route, I'm fully on board. And I think it leaves a lot of space open for, you know, maybe the Amanda Bynes show comes <laughs> back. Maybe we get her back in the. Probably not. No, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know if she'll be coming back, uh, but that would be pretty dope if she was like a, an extra character, like thrown in there at the end. I don't know. Do something. I don't know. Maybe I do. So maybe do, I do. You do want a maybe cinematic I, universe I stemming <laughs> around these. Yeah. You're, you're a liar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's just go, she's going to school for something now. I don't think okay. acting is anywhere on her mind. <laughs> no. Okay. And I'm just trying to picture what you know these two characters 25 years later looks like. Are they they're still, still working, working at Good Burger? <laughs> yeah. you know? And and they're not, not even, even managers. Like manager. No. Yeah, they're still <laughs> just running the fry the fry fryer. Yeah, fair enough. So um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like a project like this is coming from the right place at least in that it's it's a, a passion project, um, and they're they're excited about it. And I think. At least if you're starting off from that basis, you know, what harm can something like this do? Uh, and like you said, there are some of these come around and you're just like, damn, that was better than it mm-hmm. had any right to be. And maybe one of the most exciting parts about uh, Good Burger 2 coming out is that it's the perfect excuse to go and revisit the original yep. 25 years later for the first time. So that's kind of cool, too. And you can see the marketing ties already. Like, there's going to be a Good Burger pop-up location. Uh, maybe they partner with one of the major brands of, you know, Burger King or or McDonald's or what have you, and I do a Good Burger tie-in. Like, it's it's perfect for it. There, the, there's there's so much money to be to be made off of this, and uh, I'm going to spend it. <laughs> I'll be there in line, <laughs> ready to to buy the Good Burger merchandise, a hundred percent. Yeah, we saw that recently with uh, you know movies uh, mm-hmm. from the the View Askew universe doing something like that. So yeah, I one hundred percent 
can see a little partnership somewhere and uh, hopefully uh, we get a few of those locations up here in Canada. That's uh, sometimes a tricky case, but, uh, you know, not with uh, the movies and everything. So uh, definitely something to keep our eyes uh, and ears open for. And it sounds like it's going to be sooner than later. So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, let's move into our final stories, which uh, features news about upcoming MCU shows on Disney+. Plus. Honestly, it's crazy doing the show week in, week out, how there is... It's we're not rehashing anything. No, when we say every week new Marvel news every <laughs> yeah. week, there we could just become a Marvel podcast about. if we really wanted to. I mean, yeah. they're out there, right? And they, yeah. they there's no, no shortage of topics to talk about. Uh, let's jump right into our first one here. It comes from Valerie Ettenhofer at Slash Film. Marvel Studios is given Vision his own series on Disney Plus. We have not seen the last of Paul Bettany's Vision, uh, Vision, sorry, as a WandaVision spin-off series tentatively titled Vision Quest appears to be in the works at Disney Plus and Marvel Studios. Just as WandaVision gave viewers a front row seat to Wanda Maximoff's state of mind during a pivotal time in her life, it sounds like the new series will focus on Vision's quest to find himself and his memories after the events of WandaVision. It sounds like the series will have likely have ties to White Vision, the version of the character who appeared during the climax of WandaVision, absorbing Wanda's own Vision's memories during an epic showdown before disappearing. This new version of Vision was created by Sword using the original Vision's body, so if he now has all of the other Vision's memories, you'd think he'd be pretty close to the same old hero we know and love. Many different versions of Vision exist in Marvel Comics lore, however, so there's still plenty of material the show could pull from. Uh, so I really wanted to just turn to our resident Marvel expert on this one. What version uh, of Vision would you expect or want to see in this new series, Dars? And how will this show connect to other characters from WandaVision, including Agatha and maybe Scarlet Witch? Uh if anything, I think it's funny that these two stories were announced in the same week because I feel like we're kind of going in reverse order with this the MCU's Vision arc in that uh, originally in the comics, he, the brain patterns that Vision got and built his whole personality around were the same brain patterns as Simon Williams, a.k.a. Wonder Man. So the, the announcement Aww. of these two going hand in hand leads me to think that maybe we'll see the introduction of Wonder Man in this series before uh, the own Wonder Man series or his own Wonder Man series comes out. So that's kind of where I'm thinking is that this this vision is trying to figure out how to live as a human like the other vision was because he is so much more of the robotic side, not so much of that mystic side that Thor and the Infinity Stones brought into him. So it's going to be interesting to see. I'd love to see there is a uh, storyline for a while where Vision went off and made his own android synthoid or sorry, synth synthesoid family uh, with a wife and two kids and a dog and everything like that, which was a very cool exploration. But I doubt we'll go that route having just had Wanda Vision having a similar plot of the idyllic family life. So again, lots of lots of possibilities for Vision, but I feel like with these the announcements so tied together, it's going to have to do something with Wonder Man, kind of helping him or at least shaping his mind going forward. Okay, well, speaking of Wonder Man, why don't I... I'll, I'll quickly introduce our second story here. We can sort of see how those two might uh, come together. This story comes from Adam B. Very, which every time I read that name, it sounds like it's fake. I don't know why, but um, he's over at Variety. Marvel's Wonder Man casts Yahya Abdul-Mateen II to lead the Disney Plus series. 
uh, as Marvel Studios has its Wonder Man. Yahya Abdul-Mateen II is set to join the Disney Plus series Wonder Man as Simon Williams, who transforms into the titular superhero. It will be Abdul-Mateen's third major comic book character after playing the villain Black Manta in 2018's Aquaman and Dr. Manhattan in HBO's 2019 series Watchmen for which he won an Emmy. He's already set to reprise Black Manta and Aquaman and The Lost Kingdom, currently scheduled for a Christmas 2023 release. Filmmaker Dustin Daniel Cretton, who directed Marvel's 2021 feature Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, is developing Wonder Man. Uh, and head writer Andrew Guest of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Community uh, is brought in as part of Creighton's overall deal with Marvel Studios and Onyx Collective. Uh, Creighton uh, may direct as well, although he's got a very crowded plate as he's set to direct 2025's Avengers The Kang Dynasty, and he's expected to helm the prospective, though unannounced, Shang-Chi sequel. In the comic books, Williams is the son of a wealthy industrialist whose company, Williams Innovations, is run out of business due to competition from Stark Industries. In desperation, Simon turns to Baron Zemo, who gives Simon superpowers and directs him to infiltrate and then betray the Avengers. Eventually, however, Simon joins the Avengers in earnest and is even a founding member of the spin-off team, the West Coast Avengers. Uh, it's unclear how much or little of this storyline will actually make its way into the series. It does seem likely, though, that William's comic history as an actor and stunt performer will come into play in the show, as Ben, Kingsley's, uh, ben Kingsley is set to return as failed actor-turned-reformed villain Trevor Slattery, which he originated in 2013's Iron Man 3 and reprised in Shang-Chi. Marvel Studios has not yet announced the premiere date for Wonder Man. Um, yeah, I think I'm down for this show simply for the return of Trevor. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's so that's I, just exciting news in, in and of itself. I'm stoked with that idea, and I think the fact that Andrew Guest is uh, going to be leading up the writing on this, coming from Brooklyn Nine Nine, coming from Community, it's going to be really interesting because when you when you know when we look at Yaya uh, Abdul Mateen, you know. Coming from first off, congrats to him for jumping from the 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 sinking ship that is DC. Hopefully, coming back afloat as we discussed last week uh, <laughs> with James Gunn taking over. But the you know awesome for him to be on the Marvel side. Uh, he is such an incredible actor, uh, and I'm I'm really intrigued to see what he can do with this character because I think I think what the ideal with this is going to be is it's going to feel maybe give us some similar feels to the recent She-Hulk series in that there's going to be some comedy vibes. There's going to be some, especially with him acting and with him uh, supposedly from what I was reading, he's very full of himself. He's very um, self-centered, but he's also very like his image kind of in almost like a Homelander way uh, from the boys. Like he's all about his image and what the public thinks of him uh, from what I was reading. So to see them play off the, both the light side and the dark side of that type of character, I think he's perfect for this. Uh, and it's, it makes me really, really stoked. I, I, I think um, it's, it's just one of those things where, We'll we'll have to wait and see how obviously the Marvel fandom uh, takes to it, but I think with the fact that they it feels like they are based off of what we're we're seeing here uh, with who's directing it and who's coming on to to create this, there it feels like they might they might have a little bit more of um a balance between the comedy and the more darker side of the MCU, and I'm really intrigued by that. And in terms of his origin story translating to screen, I think it's a perfect time to do that. What with Sharon Carter's power broker being, you know, existing in this universe with multiple forms of super soldier serum and who knows what other 
you know, experiments have been going around to create, you know, enhanced inv- individuals. So I can see instead of having Baron Zemo give him the powers, just slip in Power Broker there, and you could easily translate a lot of his story over. And, and again, it could still tie into that Vision uh, storyline because we don't know what Vision's up to at this point, and he could be going to people who portray all these individuals to help maybe break down this stuff. I mean, it's a computer. How would you go about assessing a human life if you've never lived one yourself? So Mm. there's a lot of cool dualities you could, you know, show between the two. Someone who's seen as a hero but doesn't know what a human is and someone who's a human who wants to be a hero and doesn't have those powers. So again, the announcement of these two shows hand in hand, I think will really... They're really going to play off each other potentially, and again with the comic, the character history, there's potential for that, and I hope that they bring that to the screen. Well, and um, Darcy, correct me if I'm wrong. Wonder Man is is very similar to Superman in terms of power set. Like he can fly, he's got heat powers. Yeah, like a lot of, of that. Thing. It's p- power cosmic or something like that is what it mm-hmm. is. It, it's one of their you know kind of fix all powers where whatever the writer decides he needs, he kind of has. <laughs> okay. So it's, uh, it's interesting. I've never been too familiar with the character himself, so I don't know yeah. his power set. He's always a side character in a lot of stuff as uh, kind of comedic relief or just being remembered because he's died again because it's kind of typical for him to die and come back and then die again. <laughs> well, I think it would be really cool if, uh, if, he, if he played Vision in the MCU's version of the MCU. <laughs> Right. Like, like, I think they could really go off of that because they both fly and and maybe that's kind of where that connection can come into play as well. Um, You know, even just the idea that he he can play some of these additional uh, Marvel heroes in their version of the MCU, I think would be really, really cool because, I mean, they already appreciate all these superheroes as celebrities already. But but, you know. Steve Rogers, sure, he did some stuff on the stage, and he, well, I guess he's super old now. But, but like you know, you're not gonna get you know Bucky Barnes is gonna come in and and join a movie crew and and make a film like that's not him. So there's there's got to be some superheroes out there that will be willing to do that, uh, and I think it'll be really interesting to see. And I think it'd be really cool if they did that and they had they brought in other you know obscure superheroes that just want to be actors that can kind of pull off with, you know, saving some budget on, on the, the CGI or whatever. They could even continue the CGI jokes of just being like, yeah, listen, our effects teams really, they're really struggling right now. So it's, it actually helps if you can actually do the power in real life, <laughs> like that sort of thing. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. I think it would be, uh, it'd be really, really cool. I think the only thing with vision is they, they just have to figure out how are they going to, you know, explain, kind of break it down for a general audience because what you were just describing there Darcy of like yeah there's multiple versions of Vision and then he gets his brainwaves sucked out and all this stuff I'm like (laughs) I I know that Marvel can make a talking tree and a raccoon normal but at the same time like I'd I'd be impressed to see how far they could take that especially Mm -hmm. after something like uh, Quantum Mania you know we've got that coming up like it seems as though they're okay with going even weirder, and I, I'm excited for it. I just don't know if general audiences are ready for it. Yeah, I, I get nervous about that every time you know Darcy explains something that's going <laughs> to happen. Didn't you say something about like a devil's projects. anus? Devil's anus last week. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's from Thor. It's that's what that's in, called? In Ragnarok. That's yeah. what the, the portal's called. It's a devil's anus. Wow. I, that, I didn't just pull that out of my you own You pull it out of your so own open. devil's anus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I get nervous every time Darcy tries to explain to my simpleton mind these complex comic book uh, stories. And they all sound like they're impossible to translate to the screen. But they've done a pretty good job so yeah. far. Uh, I I worry more not about how they'll make sense of these complicated ideas so much as where the hell are they going to fit this in their all these two new shows in their already crowded oh, pre twenty twenty five culmination uh, you know movies that that we we're all sort of building towards it's it's crazy to think that on top of the already loaded schedule that we've we've seen from things like Comic-Con and, and D23 this year, that they're just, oh, right, we have these two shows as well, and we, we're just spacing them out for you uh, in terms of announcing them. But uh, one thing they're doing incredibly well is they're casting, um, I think, to bring in an Emmy winner uh, into the MCU is very exciting. Uh, somebody who's done some great work in both good and bad superhero projects in the past is definitely an exciting prospect. But, uh, gentlemen, I think I hear... A little banjo in the background, which can only mean one thing. It's trailer time! Alrighty, our first trailer, and I'm pretty sure this is Nate's um, favorite trailer of the last few months. (laughs) Blows out of the water, the two trailers we talked about last week. Uh, This is an action thriller directed by (laughs) Jean-Francois Richet. And written by Charles Cumming and J.P. Davis. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about Plane, uh, in which commercial <laughs> pilot Brody Torrance completes an emergency landing after a ravaging storm damages his aircraft. The plane lands on the hostile island of Jojo Jolo in the Philippines. Soon, the passengers are taken hostage, which means he does a good job landing it. Uh, soon, the passengers are taken hostage by the local militants of the island. While struggling to find their location and running out of time, Brody decides to enlist help from the convicted fugitive that he was transporting along his commercial flight. Together, they work together to rescue the passengers and escape the island. The film stars Gerard Butler, Mike Coulter, Yosin Ann, Tony Goldwyn, Daniel Pineda, and Kelly Gale. Plane is scheduled for arrival... On January 27th, 2023. Nate, when you shared this one, you had exclamation points, heart emojis, all of the good stuff. What did you think of this? Kevin, this looks so bad. This looks... Okay, like at the end of the trailer, I wasn't sure if that was the name of the movie or just a word that was coming up to summarize what, like how the, you know, describing the movie as plain. Like it honestly was, it, it just, I... I have a huge bone to pick with Lionsgate, okay? The, 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 the phrase that they keep bringing up for this is survive together, die alone. Does that sound familiar to any of our lost friends here? Live together, mm. die alone. And it's a pilot and they mm. crash on an island. I, <laughs> come on. Like, it's just such a terrible ripoff and it looks so generic. It looks just like there's all action, no mystery. I think the only good thing I can say about this trailer is I like Gerard Butler. I do like Mike, Mike Coulter. I do like Daniela Pineda. Um, you know, I, I think it's this movie looks like it's going to be a great movie to watch on a plane. <laughs> That's the best I can <laughs> give it. It's the best compliment I can give you. Um, otherwise, dude, I don't know about this one. This is this just looks a little rough. Like it's kind of like a algorithm made it or something. I don't know. 
I mean, it is it is a basic action movie. I will say the action itself looked like hard hitting and violent. Uh, kind of reminds me of like a Rambo Four, which uh, you know I enjoy more than a lot of people from the series. But one thing they did there was they made some pretty harrowing and graphic violence, uh, and it looks like this is ramped up with with that sort of thing. I mean, Gerard Butler's fun to watch, I yeah. guess. I've ne- I wasn't a huge fan of like. Olympus has fallen in those movies oh, that he did. How many presidents he did he save? How, how, in his career, how many presidents has he saved? Like four? <laughs> I think he saved five? at least three. Three, <laughs> three or four. Yeah, he's... he's There's going to be a president ultimate. on this plane for some reason, on the island. They have to save a president <laughs> that just landed on the island. And Dude, I, I, again, it's just one of those things where I'm just like, I watch a trailer for this and I'm like, it feels like a, a group of really wonderful people um, got together, and and I'm sure they're great people, but they're like, can we get Gerard Butler for this? Can we get Mike Coulter for this, right? Like, can we get these two people? Awesome, we can? Okay, let's write the movie. Like, <laughs> like that's yeah, what it let's feels put, like. Let's, let's put just a bunch of words on pieces of paper and a hat and pull out four. Okay, we've got plane, convict, <laughs> yeah. island, and action. Done. That's There's it. our movie. There it is. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. So... Again, I don't think this is anything that I'll be running out to to watch, uh, unless by some happenstance they they come out and and getting rave reviews. But I doubt it. I don't know, Darcy. You're gonna watch this Darcy. One? Are you gonna be flying into the cinemas to check this one out? But <laughs> honestly, I I felt like I was watching a trailer from like 20 years ago, early 2000s action movie. Yeah. It's just so generic. It, it, I don't know. It's Probably not going to check this one out. These generic action movies never really do it for me, and this one seems as about as basic as it can get. So, yeah, probably not for me. <laughs> the problem is, like, at least what those '90s action movies had going for them was that they were like tongue in cheek and fun. They didn't mm-hmm. take themselves too seriously, like Con Air and The Rock and stuff like that. You know, they were fun action flicks that that leaned into fun just as much as action. Whereas this seems like a dour just gritty action film with a silly premise. And so those those two ideas are tough to merge where you've got mm-hmm. a serious tone and a ridiculous plot. I mean, the guy's mm-hmm. name is Brody Torrance. Brody! <laughs> like, Brody, like, my guy, if you're coming up to me, your name is Brody. I'm like, I don't want to know anything about you. Um, honestly, I just, I'll <laughs> wow, use any chance I can just name. to bring it up. Just Lost. Just watch Lost. Don't watch this movie. Watch Lost. If you haven't already, just watch Lost. It's the best show ever to exist, ever. <laughs> better than anything that this this is going to be, I promise. I'm sure Lost is better than anything Plane will deliver. But again, we'll have to wait till uh, the end of January of next year to find out. Uh, now, something we won't have to wait as long for is uh, the movie... Uh, that we're about to talk about next. Wow, that was a very purred happily from Parks and Recreation <laughs> intro there. The next movie we're going to talk about is, is the, the movie, movie we're going to talk about next. Um, and uh, that is for uh, Santa Clauses, a Christmas miniseries created for Disney Plus and based on the Santa Claus film series. In the series, Scott Calvin is on the brink of his 65th birthday and uh, realizes that he can't be Santa forever. He's starting to lose a step in his Santa duties, and more importantly, he's got a family who could benefit from a life in the normal world, especially two sons, one that grew up in Lakeside, Illinois, and one that grew up at the Pole. 
With a lot of elves, children, and family to please, Scott sets out to find a suitable replacement Santa while preparing his family for a new adventure in a life south of the pole. Reprising their roles from the film series are Tim Allen, Elizabeth Mitchell, speaking of Lost, Eric Lloyd, and David Crumholtz. Let's go, (laughs) Bernard. He was my man when I was a kid. Very excited to see that he's in this. Uh, I'll just be honest to start here. I haven't actually seen the third Santa Claus um, I was at a stage where I wasn't watching that type of movie, and the reviews were were pretty poo poo. But uh, at least the first Santa Claus was a it was a it's a holiday staple and one of my my favorite uh, holiday movies from that time. So, what do we think about a the the Santa Clauses, a new Disney Plus series coming? You know, it doesn't look like. Uh... You or anyone else in the entire world will have to watch Santa Claus 3 for this one, thank goodness. Um, I also have not seen Santa Claus 3, and it's been a long time since uh, watching Santa Claus 1 and 2. Um, But yeah, I I did get a little bit of a a pop when uh, when Bernard showed up here. I was kind of like, oh, it's that guy! And I didn't remember who he was, I had to look it up, but I'm like, I'm stoked to see him back. Um, Eric Lloyd is back as Charlie. You can see how much he's aged uh, since the first one, it's absolutely that nuts. made me feel super old, right? Yeah, that was like crazy. <laughs> Whoa! Um, and then, yeah, of course, Juliet is here. Elizabeth Mitchell uh, as as Carol. Um, she's just so lovely uh, on screen. So I'm I'm really intrigued by this. I I'm honestly I I, I didn't think that there was going to be as much Tim Allen in this show when it was originally uh, announced. Even when the teaser came out, I was kind of getting the vibe. I was like. He's going to show up for the first episode, maybe the first and last episode or the first two episodes or something like that. Uh, and then it's really going to be up you know, to the his kids that he has with Carol and maybe Carol herself to kind of carry the, the story forward. But it looks like he's in the entire run of these six episodes. Um, so I'm really intrigued. I'm intrigued to see uh, who the new Santa is. Um, I thought it might have been uh, Laura San Giacomo's character, but apparently she's playing a character called Bafana, the Christmas witch. Uh, and I was like, I was like, okay, that's that's so she's not the new bad Santa or whatever. Um, but I just want to know why all these elves keep getting Thanos snapped uh, away and how they have access to these <laughs> these multiversal portals that they seem to be flying through. I'm like, there's clearly some MCU influence on uh, on the world of the Santa Clauses, but. Uh, yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm 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 very cautiously optimistic for it because I I don't know. <laughs> well, as a fan of all the Santa Claus movies, the third one isn't as bad as it is uh, as everyone says it is. But then again, I really like Martin Short and and his Jack Frost is incredible. So he's enough for me to watch that one almost yearly because I believe I watched all three of them last year. So this the news has me very excited to see everyone return, especially David Krumholtz. Uh, the story seems interesting, too. It seems like they're raising the stakes with magic disappearing and, you know, this new threat to whoever Santa picked. Clearly, he wasn't the right choice. There's, I'm intrigued. I'm invested in this this miniseries already, and we've only got, what, this two-and-a-half-minute trailer. So yeah, sign me up. I can't wait for release date. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a perfect opportunity. I think there's some great humor, um, you know, to almost mirror the first movie in watching Tim Allen go from regular guy to Santa Claus. Now he's got to make the opposite adjustment. And I think that'll, that'll uh, be rife with, with funny moments. And then, uh, yeah, the stakes seem pretty high. And so um, we'll just have to wait and see what uh, good old St. Nick uh, has in his tool belt, his Binford tool belt to uh, save the day this time. <laughs> well, funny you say that. Cause I was just about to say like when he does the ho, ho, ho in the coffee shop in this trailer, I was like, Oh, that was just Tim Allen. 
Like that was just the oh, 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 like the, the noise that he makes right throughout that. And I was like, that's uh, it's an intriguing. I mean, uh, he, he leans he leans pretty heavily on his Tool Time character. Yeah. In the first one, from what I can remember, that that mm-hmm. was right at the peak of Tool Time and or Home Improvement. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I, I I can you know he he brings out the uh, anytime he can. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, we won't have to wait too much longer as this one's going to be sliding down our chimneys on November 16th, which for me is a perfect time to sort of mm-hmm. start the, the Christmas season. Right in the middle of November is that perfect little pocket to sort of bring out that festive cheer. Yeah, I always try and make my mom hold off till uh, November 11th, just after Remembrance Day. You know, give the soldiers and the veterans their their day and uh, our day of remembering why we get to enjoy all these amazing things nowadays. So, yeah, I agree with you totally. Perfect time to start revving up for that ch- Christmas mm-hmm. cheer. I like that. Although, you know, go into any store right now and go in there <laughs> last week. So we're not even at Halloween yet, and it's candy canes and yeah. mistletoe everywhere. Um, you know, they're just going to start promoting christmas in june eventually but uh um you know uh i like christmas too so that's that's kind of okay for me just don't let my wife hear me say that (laughs) Uh, all right let's move into our final trailer which is once again revisiting a beloved disney classic this trailer is for disenchanted a sequel to the universally beloved 2000 film enchanted in the film, it's 10 years after her happily ever after, and Giselle, Robert, and Morgan move from Manhattan to a new house in the suburb of Monroeville. The community is overseen by Malvina Monroe, who has nefarious intentions for the family. When problems arise, Giselle uses the magic wand to wish that their lives were the perfect fairy tale. However, the spell backfires and everything goes out of control, with Giselle rushing to save her family and her homeland of Andal- Andal- Andalasia sorry, before the clock strikes midnight. <laughs> Returning for the fun are Amy Adams, Patrick Dempsey, James Marsden, and Idina Menzel. I got that right. Yes. <laughs> Take that, John Travolta. Uh, Gabriella Baldacino <laughs> replaces Rachel Covey, while Maya Rudolph, Yvette Nicole Brown, Jayma Mays, Oscar Nunez, and Griffin Newman join the magical cast. Uh, so, guys, what do we think? I uh, I haven't seen Enchanted since I first saw it in theaters back uh, in 2007, but I remember loving it. Can't wait to watch it again in preparation for this one. Yeah, I... Uh... I think didn't we have a deal that if I was if I watched Hocus Pocus uh, one before Hocus Pocus two that you would you'd revisit and, and rewatch this the, the first Enchanted before Disenchanted was that the deal we had? That's a that's an easy deal. If I <laughs> if I agree to that, I will stick to it. No problem. <laughs> Very cool. I think um, you know after the teaser uh, for this movie, it was what when was that? Like a few months ago. Um, I was already on board, but now honestly, getting right at the beginning, seeing Idina Menzel and James Marsden singing i was just like okay i'm so ready for this i'm so excited to hear the music that comes out of this um and it does really seem like you know we had some speculation on that teaser trailer where we thought yeah giselle is going to become an evil stepmother and here we can see especially with them showing uh morgan in this trailer um that yeah she very much will become sort of the the evil stepmother but i think the magic is going to kind of go uh, throughout everyone in Monroeville. It seems as though her daughter, because you, you sort of see her daughter in like sort of a frilly dress and she kind of has a bit of an accent when she says, please stepmother. And you're like, oh, okay. So it's affecting everyone uh, except for seemingly Idina Menzel and, uh, 
and and James Marsden, who I think might sort of have to play some of like the the hero role in the third act of this movie. So, dude, I'm uh, I'm really excited for this one. I think the outside world becoming more like Andalasia is kind of a, a cool contrast to the first one. Kind of what we were just talking about with uh, with what's going on with uh, the Santa Clauses, but now it's it's the opposite where. Instead of her coming from a magical land, the, the land around her is maybe becoming too magical. Um, yeah, man, I'm stoked for this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, the the name Disenchanted seems to extend more past the Amy Adams character now and applies to almost her whole family with the big move. You know, the daughter losing all her friends, him having to commute and, you know, live up all his uh, give up all his time to work. Basically, it seems like maybe everyone isn't happy and that that's why the spell takes such a, a wicked twist is because there's so many people wanting more fairy tale in their life, if you will. Uh, I'm fully stoked to see everyone back in their roles. Again, I love these. I love the first one, the humor of, uh, you know, again, poking fun at fairy tales with through a modern lens. And again, bringing the fairy tale to the real world just gives you even more opportunities to do that. And I, I'm fully on board for all the new cast and everything like that. Just, yeah, excited all around. Yeah, I think I think it's the perfect combination of of bringing back the nostalgia from the first one, but making it different enough that it that it will feel necessary. It'll feel worth it, and uh, I'm very excited. Uh, the movie comes uh, comes around November 24th. Uh, maybe we'll talk with our good friends over at Disney Plus Canada to see if we can't uh, sneak sneak our hands on this one a little early and let you know our thoughts before it comes out. Um, but hopefully. Hopefully it's just as fun, magical, and, and thoroughly enjoyable as that first movie. Uh, but that will do it for trailer time. Before we close the program, we're going to move into our segment, Watcha, where we discuss something outside of trailer time and and the news that we're watching. Um, so yeah, we're just going to jump right in with you, Dars. What you been up to lately? Oh, again, just building a lot of Lego lately and then getting ready for Halloween. Uh, what I have been watching, though, I've been catching up on Avenue 5 uh, oh, over yeah. on Crave or HBO. Uh, again, that first season happened so long ago, I kind of forgot about it, that when this second season was announced or, you know, came about, I was already four se- episodes behind. So I had a nice, you know, four episode binge to catch up and I love all the characters on that show. The cast is, is what sells it, sells me on that show. I mean, um, Josh Gad as Judd and then Hugh Laurie as the captain, like everything, everyone about that show, everything about that show and the cast makes me love it even more. And uh, again, I keep, I keep going back for more. <laughs> yeah. It was one that I, um, I, I had started, uh, and then I think, I think I fell off before getting to the finale, like, like much like you, but yeah, man, it's it's a lot of fun. I think Zach Wood's character, uh, who so plays good. Matt, is so good in in that show. Um, yeah, you know what? It's 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 fun to like. Again, it's not a great thing that it says that I I fell off of it and somewhat forgot about it. Um, but at the same time, like the ability to get to go back and revisit it. Uh, have you started the second season yet, Darcy, or has it started yet? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah, okay. I, I was four episodes behind. I had finished the first season and I loved it the mm-hmm. entire time. And then, and then COVID happened and the the pandemic and everything like that kind of slowed down production. And I didn't even know if there was going to be a second season. So mm-hmm. uh, again, seeing those four episodes after the fact, it was really fun to come back and again, have that much to dive into because again, the characters are so great and they don't miss a beat despite how much time has passed. Like they're all still as, you know, cocky or, or vain as you can imagine because that 
that's where the the all the problems uh, spawn from the show is the, the people's hubris and and vanity, and it, I just love it so much. Cool. Now, now, Darius, that is one that uh, I I watched uh, the first season way back when. Um, but you know, as we've mentioned, it was so long ago. Uh, do they do a good job of sort of recapping everything that happened in that first season before the se- second season starts, or would you benefit from doing a rewatch going into it? You would definitely benefit from doing a rewatch. What I did is I just watched the final episode of the first season because I kind of forgot where things ended That's off. That's a good idea. Yeah, it picks up very like almost directly after uh, that first season. So I, I again, I, at the very least, watch episode whatever eight or ten it was of the first season and then come into the new one because it'll set you up perfectly for what's transpiring in this one and it the just the returning characters and the way they bring back some people you wouldn't expect to see is just hilarious and i love everything about it awesome i might be checking that one out very soon uh but in the meantime nate what you been up to you know i got something a little bit different for for this watch uh i this past weekend for my first time ever i attended Halcon uh, here in Halifax, uh, right. and you know, obviously, we've been to Fan Expo, and uh, you know, Darcy and I, and and well, you too, Kevin. We've been to Star Wars celebrations, and we've been to San Diego Comic Cons. Um, this is a, a very different type of convention. It's a fan run convention, um, but I will say, for a, as as sort of small as it was the energy and the love for this event from the surrounding community that were in attendance was probably the best part. Getting to see families walking around, you know, full Power Rangers and, like, you know, Green Rangers, like the shortest little one there. And, like, it was really, really lovely to see. Uh, And I think that's kind of what was the best part about it for me. Um, There's some noticeable differences. The vendor section is much smaller than anything I've ever seen before, um, which is interesting because obviously they there that means there's not a massive emphasis on just spending money at the con. Um, I did still spend a little bit, but I will say I probably. I was spent... going to say you th- you still managed. <laughs> you found a way to spend money, <laughs> but I, I will say I think it's probably the less the the least I've ever spent on a convention uh, at a convention. Um, I did manage to pick up some some really dope art pieces. The the there's no artist alley. It was kind of like the vendors and the artists are in the same hall. Um, but I did you know shout out to Molly Nemesek uh, at Jackface on Instagram, uh, as well as I got some beautiful uh, Studio Ghibli Princess Mononoke art uh, with holofoil on it uh, from uh, a person named Bo who goes by at Cypetri C Y P R. I T R E E Cypretry on Instagram. Um, it was uh, it was really cool to see these artists that are kind of coming from all over Canada. Some of them who I did see in uh, in Toronto at Fan Expo uh, and have traveled all over Canada just to make it to the con. Um, the food, obviously, pizza convention pizza. Um, <laughs> but I will say, Boston Pizza. Shout out to this like family run Boston Pizza who nonstop lineups and like. They had like their kids working with them, like making pizzas and stuff. I was like, you go. Uh, And I I made sure to get a slice from them on each day of the con. Um, Guest highlights for me included Bethany Downer, who's the chief science communication officer for the James Webb Space Telescope. Really interesting. Um, I thought I was like sitting there. I'm like, Darcy, I think would really dig this. uh, Yeah, I would. This panel. 
it was really cool. She talked about she she's uh, she's hoping to become the first Atlantic Canadian in space. Uh, and she discussed she put a picture up on the screen that just had me captivated, which was the Wright brothers first flight taking off and then a rocket taking off in 2003. And she's like, these are 100 years apart. And I was like. That's crazy to think about. It's not something that you're normally, you know, that's not normally put in context for you too often. Uh, and she just talked about the fact that, you know, science fiction has and will become science fact and just kind of going mm-hmm. through all the different things that we've seen in science fiction from 2001 A Space Odyssey all the way to Star Wars and just how that all works. Really, really mm-hmm. fascinating stuff. Look up look up Bethany Downer if you get a chance. She's got some really interesting stuff on the uh, on the net about uh, what her work. That sounds awesome because I know you were a little skeptical just about yes. how you know the the this sort of scaled down convention would work, but it sounds like it was able to find its own sort of identity and its own sort of unique panels and everything like that. Yeah, man. And then like Tanner Zipchin obviously was there. If you've ever seen a movie at Cineplex. Uh, a little while ago, maybe pre-pandemic, um, he would be the person that you'd see on there at all times. Interestingly enough, Tanner Zipchin, uh, he's he's a little uh, soured by his experience of being uh, let go from Cineplex. Uh, unfortunately, if you, I won't say the story here, but essentially, uh, they fired him because he was too loved. Uh, there was a hashtag going around that they thought he started, uh, and they they didn't want him to be a part of their company anymore it was stupid really dumb um <laughs> but then uh will friedel um who is eric matthews on boy meets world it was so lovely to see him connecting with fans to see the fans that would come up to him that just are kind of you know they talk about their bouts with depression and their bouts with with anxiety and just like his character and boy meets world just getting to be that thing that really helped them through that moment um Really, really lovely to see. He's got a podcast that he mentioned called uh, I Hear Voices with him and Christy Carlson Romano from uh, Kim Possible. And they interview various voice actors. Uh, I listened to the Rob Paulson episode, and it is fantastic. Highly, highly recommend if you're if you want a podcast. There's my my real watch is that podcast. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, just to kind of round it out, I uh, three really great events, uh, a geeky burlesque show. Had someone walking around his tuxedo mask pulling roses from their pants, uh, and uh, and it was like very intriguing. I I don't want to misgender them, so I'm not sure, you know, if they were a boy or a girl. But I was very attracted uh, to them, and uh, I also will say uh, the woman taking her clothes off singing "Let It Go" uh, was also very, and she was singing "Let It Go." Like at first, I was like, "Oh, she's lip syncing." No, 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 no. She was singing Let It Go in full voice, and she was amazing, um, but she also was just stripping at the same time, so that was really, really interesting <laughs> to see that. Um, and then Pokemon Bingo, really, really awesome. Uh, highly recommend Pokemon Bingo. And then the closing ceremonies, where it was actually revealed that for the first time ever, they sold out the convention center. Over, like, 1,100 tickets were sold Um but you couldn't tell like it, it didn't feel crammed or stuffed like it was it's a big enough space for a small enough event that it it just felt still nice and calm and and not too busy and crowded like you know fan expo and taking a half an hour to go from building to building okay if you're listening um but uh but go no outside to, is faster uh, yeah i'm sure uh but to see see the staff that was on stage for the closing ceremonies how much passion and dedication they have for this event and the community surrounding it. Uh, again, it all really brought it back to such a lovely time. Um, I My review would be don't go all three days. 
I don't think you need to pick and choose the moments. You might even be able to just go for a half day on one of the days or literally go for a panel uh, on one of the days. And then you can sort of, you know, go around the Halifax area. But um, yeah, really, really fun stuff. If you're ever in Halifax at the end of October, uh, I think their next dates are October 27th uh, next year, uh, 8th and 9th. So definitely check out Halcon. It was a lot of fun. There's my my mini review of, of Halcon. <laughs> Nice. I'm flying out just for a geeky burlesque show. Dude, That's right. I'm up my telling alley. you, man. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great. 18, 18 plus. And just the allure of, of tuxedo mask. Yes, still, after all these years. Yeah. Singing to, uh, what, what were they? They were dancing to uh, Kiss from a Rose, obviously. And like just pulling roses from their Perfect. pants and just like throwing them to the audience. It was amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, I myself uh, haven't had a chance to watch too, too much. It's been uh, a busy week. But, uh, you know, with the, the Halloween season upon us, uh, my wife and I have, have traditions that we do every few years. We kind of stagger it because we keep adding, oh, we'll watch this every year before Halloween. Yeah. And it just gets to be too much. Uh, for instance, this year we didn't get a chance to watch Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values, mm. which we always like to watch. We did get to watch Two Hocus Pocuses earlier in the, in the month and everything. Uh, but one thing we always throw on, it's a perfect background show for when we're carving pumpkins is the Simpsons Treehouse oh, of yeah. Horror. Um, we do a little marathon of that. Um, and I got to say, when I first started doing Halloween stuff with my wife over a decade ago, it seemed a daunting task at 22 <laughs> or 23 episodes, but they are now at 33 Treehouse of Horror episodes, wow. uh, which is too long to even watch in a single pumpkin carving session even though that takes us hours and hours and hours so we ended up having to finish it off last night after we cleaned up all the decorations handed out all the candy and everything but we did it we watched all 33 episodes and i gotta say this year's episode uh, was quite interesting if you're a fan of the anime uh death notice i believe it's called yeah, death death note. Note? Oh. yeah. I saw like, a clip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they brought in an outside animation studio to turn all the Simpsons characters into That's their awesome. what would you call them uh, anime avatars or something. It, it was it's unlike any episode, uh, even just you know uh, one third of an episode skit. Uh, it's unlike anything they've ever done, uh, and it just looked really really cool. So that was a neat spin on on an old Halloween classic. Well, I know what I'm watching after I'm done. We're done here because that sounds amazing. <laughs> Seriously, and is this on? Um, do they have a playlist on Disney Plus for the Halloween they, of Horrors? They do have now a Halloween Treehouse of Horrors playlist mm-hmm. right under The Simpsons. Okay. Um, now, at first, it's a little, it's a little finicky. At some points, it's like they just sent a link from the episode from whatever season it's from. Mm-hmm. So you'll be watching the episode, it'll finish, and then it'll just go to, say, episode six of season four. Oh, no. And you're like, oh, well, that, so you had to, we had to keep exiting <laughs> yeah. out of that episode and finding the next one. But towards the end of it, for whatever reason, they were all just running in succession, and you could go one to back to back to back to back to back. Um, and I just shout out to what might be my favorite skit in the treehouse of horrors uh of all time is still the harry potter one oh, um so i good. i love that i love yeah uh yeah just just uh, it's poor uh uh nigiri uh smithers eating burns and crying <laughs> uh, um bart turning the uh the the frog into this grotesque frog wizard Blah. every moment i live is agony is still a line i so say good. when i'm not feeling Regular. very well <laughs> 
yeah. So um, it's always fun to revisit some. I, it's crazy now just to think that I've seen some of these episodes like 30 times. Um, but there were a few from later seasons because we never get all the way to the end of it. But this year we did it. So there were some new ones. We got to watch about five or six new ones, including this year's. So, yeah, definitely worth checking out. And I guess I'll be watching 34 of the suckers next year while carving <laughs> pumpkins. So something to look for because this show's just going to go on until we're long in the grave oh, and, yeah. and gone I think there's I mean you know uh, unbelievable unbelievable uh, so yeah well that is it for this week in geek thanks for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts if you haven't already be sure to subscribe and leave us a glowing review we always appreciate the love and if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this week's news you can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com or if that's a little too plain for you and you're more of a <laughs> ho 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 Reach us on Twitter at GeekCentricYT and Instagram at WeAreGeekCentric. As always, we have plenty of awesome content to check out. Our ongoing watch club for the Andor series on Disney Plus is well underway. We have our review for the Netflix stop-motion movie Wendell and Wild. Our review for the Netflix series Blockbuster is coming up later this week, so check that out. Uh, we also have our upcoming spoiler-free review for Black Panther coming on November 8th, plus a very special interview, which we'll be sharing on Monday. Speaking of interviews, we have a ton of awesome interviews with the cast and crew of some of the biggest and best movies and TV shows to come your way this year. You can check those out wherever you listen to podcasts, or if you want to see our beautiful smiles and charming personalities in person, uh, we can do that at youtube.com slash geekcentric, plus... Just like the show you just listened to, we have our weekly This Week in Geek show where we look at all the latest news and trailers from the Geekiverse. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff to go check out, something for everyone, so please check it out. Leave us a review so we know what you thought. Uh, but until next time, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. And as we say, love ya. Laters. Get home safe, guys. <laughs> <laughs>